Hello and welcome to church. This is the Lighthouse Digital Church. We're so glad you could make it today. Before we proceed, this is a recap from last Sunday. Stay with us. Hello, good morning. This is the Lighthouse Digital Church where we are nurtured to grow in our knowledge of the Word of God with emphasis on our relationship with the Father and our identity in Christ. In the last two weeks, our lead pastor, Pastor Davis, has taught us on the new and the living way. And there's just so much to learn. I have especially learned that, as a believer, I am always welcome into the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus. I have learned that the Holy Spirit cannot be taken away from me. He is constantly abiding with me. So today, I will be joined by Tamar for a short discussion. Hi, Tamar. Thank you, Sophie. So, Tamar, can you tell us, can you share with everybody what you understand, what your understanding about approaching God is in the New Testament? Do you have any misconception that has been debunked? Do you have, what new thing have you learned? What part of the message has struck you the most? Thank you, Sophie, for having me. The one thing that I would say captured my attention from last Sunday's message is when Pastor Davis gave this very beautiful analogy of God and us. I like to personalize words like this. Now, um, there was an instance where he gave this analogy describing how God is, or rather has, wrapped us beautifully, if I might add, beautifully wrapped us and is safely keeping us to present as a gift to his son, his lovely son, Jesus. And initially I didn't quite get it at first, but when I did, it was so mind boggling. It was profound and I just didn't get over, I haven't gotten over it. And I've been thinking and pondering about that particular word. And you know, I just placed myself in the hands of God. And we know that in God's hands, no one can snatch anyone. No one can snatch me away from the hands of God. In fact, Jesus himself said this. He emphatically stressed this in John 10, 28, if I could just quickly read that, where he said, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Then in 29, he said, for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hands. And as pastor said that, and I I thought and thought and thought about it I'm like oh I am in God's hands and no one can snatch me away from God's hands because he's powerful than any other force in the world like there's no one that can compare to him and ever since I have really 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 been you know taking comfort in the fact that I'm safe I'm very safe because I am in the best hands ever thank you now, here is today's message. Wow, wow, wow. What a wonderful session of worship. I am so delighted to have you in church today. If you listen to the words of that song, it says, The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. And that I see a victory. Actually, the, the name of that song was, the last song, there was, I see a victory see a victory means it doesn't matter what you're going through right now you are going to come out victorious why am i assured of that because the bible says god leads us in perpetual parade of victory do you know that the victory of jesus is your victory the freedom that jesus christ won on the cross belongs to you 
he won that victory for you and I. Praise God forevermore. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, we thank you, Almighty God, that you have included us as a family in the parade of victory that Jesus has had and continue to have. Thank you that we belong to a God who is always victorious. Thank you, Almighty God, that someone today who may be on the verge of giving up will listen to this message with a heart of faith and faith will rise up in such a person's heart to keep moving forward to know fully well that he or she can possess the possession that God has planned for him or Lord, I thank you for what you are going to do this morning. Thank you, Almighty God, for lives that you are going to touch. Thank you, Almighty God, for the victory that we are going to have this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, O God, that we have the victory song. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, this morning, I pray that your word will go out with power, entry into the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, and setting captives free. Someone will receive a word that they have been waiting for today. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic I have titled, The Power of Stillness. The Power of Stillness. You see, at times, when we see what is happening in the world, we can be tempted to become panicky, or run around like everybody else but God wants us to be rest assured that even if the mountains be cast into the sea that we should not be troubled because we have a God who never fails praise God so today the word that the Lord laid in my heart is the power of stillness is called from the topic we have been looking at for a while now from the book of Joshua but today we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua, the, the whole book of Joshua, chapter 3. And I'm going to be stepping through that book of Joshua as the children of Israel now prepares to cross the Jordan. You see, the backdrop to this story in the book of Joshua, chapter 3, was that the children of Israel, they, had be, they have been roaming around the wilderness, going around the same place for 40 years. God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to give Abraham and his seed the land. But they had to go on to, uh, into Egypt and they got into a, a place where they were bound and they were made to be slaves. And they've had this slavery mentality now come into their mind. So much so that when um, Moses came around and said, the Lord sent me to deliver you, they wouldn't believe. He had to show them signs for them to believe. And even after they believed, they complained over and over and over and over again. Now, the journey that was meant to be a 10 days journey from the land of Egypt to the land of Canaan ended up costing them another 40 years in that place because they were rebellious to the promise of God. Now, Joshua passed away, uh, Moses passed away, the leader that brought them out of Egypt, and Joshua, the disciple of Moses, stepped into the, into the foray, into the game, and he became the leader that God chose to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. So when God called Joshua, God to Joshua to be, to be bold and courageous, God told him, listen, for the journey ahead, what I've called you to be as a leader, you have to have two things that must work for you. You must be bold, you must be courageous. Then God also told him, meditate on the word, meditate on the promises of God day and night, because that is how you are going to be successful. And you know, that instruction, that instruction that God gave to, uh, to Joshua is still applicable in our lives today. 
God wants you to be bold to possess your possession. God wants you to be courageous to be possess your possession. But above all, God wants you to meditate on his word. God wants you to ponder on his word instead of pondering on the news. You know, when you bring up the news channel right now and you listen for half an hour, you think that the world is going crazy. You know, from global warming to terrorist attack to abduction and kidnapping and murder. The news is no longer good news. <laughs> the news is meant to be informing you about good things happening in the world. But actually, the news now has become like bad news. You watch the news for, for a while, you start thinking, there's something wrong with the world. You are afraid to go on holiday because you might think somebody might abduct you or kidnap you. You know, strange things happening in our world. But God says, do not focus on those things. Do not allow your heart to focus on what is happening in the world. Let your focus let your focus be on what is being written about you, about the victory of Jesus for you in the word of God. So when God told Joshua to med meditate on his word day and night so that he may make his way prosperous, Joshua stood up from that position and began to take charge. One of the, one of the things that Joshua did first was to send the children of the, the, the he sent spies rather to uh, a city called the city of Jericho. Uh, and the city of Jericho was a city that was walled up. It was a mighty city walled up. They couldn't get in there. And the reason for the um, expedition by Joshua was really to check out the land so that these people can bring back good reports about what the land is, uh, looks like and to be able to essentially encourage the people that what God has promised them is the truth. So now, the, the spies went to the land, brought back good news. We have preached some messages about this, about how Rahab, a harlot in that city, uh, her name was uh, Rahab, how she helped them. And by helping the spies, uh, a lineage was spared from destruction. But that is not the purpose of this message today. Okay, all right. So Joshua, after he, after he sent the spies and they came back, they brought good news. God then told him, the next set of instruction now. Now, right now, it is time for you to cross this Jordan. And God told him, you have to instruct the people to follow the Ark of the Covenant. That the priests must carry the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, by the way, represented the place where God meets them. Essentially, the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God in their midst. So now, God instructed Joshua that he should tell the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant should be going ahead of them. And everybody should follow the Ark. Essentially, the, the Ark leads the way. And God then said to them, when this priest reached the Jordan, they should stay there. And then God is about to do some miracles. All right, so the, the text today, as we run through it, that's essentially the background how we got to where we got to. Now, I want you to imagine with me that you are in the camp of the children of Israel. You have been around the wilderness for 40 years. You've been going around the same place. You haven't really made a lot of progress. It seems like you feel stuck. You feel like nothing is working in your life. But God says, I want to unstuck you. I want to pull you out of this position of being stuck into a position where you can fly. All right, that's what God wants to do. And God says, the thing for you to do now is to follow my presence and face 
the giant or faced the challenge ahead head on headlong know it fully well that i'm always with you so if god has given you a vision god has given you a dream in your heart but the present realities around that dream around your life may be speaking otherwise then this message is for you how do you cross your own jordan how do you go to the place where god has called you to go how do you make the dream in your heart that never lets go how do you make these things to come to bear today i bring you a, a good news and i'm my prayer to you really is that today you will allow god to speak to your heart to give you nugget of wisdom on what you can do to begin to take charge of your destiny god will help you to incubate miracles through this message now let's explore the text that we have in our present in our front today so i'll begin to see how we can learn from it praise god forevermore right joshua chapter 3 from i'm going to read the whole chapter the bible says joshua got up early in the morning then he and all the children of israel set out from shittim and came to the jordan and they spent the night there before they crossed the river i could see the excitement I could see the excitement in the camp where people were so excited. You know, God said, cross the Jordan, go to the other side. But guess what? The Jordan is right there in front of us, overflowing its bank. How do we cross the Jordan when we can see the promised land just on the other side? But there's this barrier that we have to go through. And that is where the power of God comes to play. Praise God. Verse 2 says, and it happened at the end of three days that the officers went throughout the camp. And they commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from where you are and follow it. However, there shall be a distance between you and it of about 2,000 cubits. By measurement, do not come near it so that you may be able to see the Ark and know the way you are to go, for you have not passed this way before. Verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves for his purpose, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders, or that is miracles, among you. Verse 6. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over the river ahead of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went on ahead of the people. I think that's very straightforward. Now they've taken the Ark of the Covenant. They are going ahead of the people. The people now are following the Ark of the Covenant now. They have left a distance of 3,000 feet between them and the Ark of the Covenant and the carriers of the Ark of the Covenant. And basically they can see where they are going. All right. Now look at verse 7. The Lord said, the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to magnify and exalt you in the sight of all Israel so that they may know that just as I was with Moses, I will also be with you. You shall command the, the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua said to the Israelite, Come here and listen to the word, or come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, Verse 10, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Evite, the Perizzite, the Gagashite, and the Amorite, and the Jebusite. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you, leading the way into the Jordan. So now take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from each tribe. When the soles of 
the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the earth, come to rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan flowing down from above will be cut off and they will stand in one mass of water. That is where verse 13 stopped. All right. So verse 14 then said, So when the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan with the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, verse 15, and when those who were carrying the Ark came up to the Jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were submerged at the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its bank throughout the time of harvest. The waters which were flowing down from above stopped and rose up in one mass a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside, beside Zarethan. Those waters flowing downward towards the Sea of Harabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. So the people crossed the river opposite Jericho. And while all the people of Israel crossed over on dry ground, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, in the, in the riverbed, until all the nation had finished crossing over the Jordan. Praise God forevermore. Now I want to begin to unpack this text. I know it's a long text, but I want to begin to unpack it. The power of stillness. You see, in order to appreciate the magnitude of what God did for them in crossing the Jordan, I want to step through the story back up from verse 7. In verse 7, the Bible says, The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to magnify and exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that just as I was with Moses, I will also be with you. You see, God wants to do something in your life. So that everyone that hears about this will glorify God for you. It won't be because of who you are, of what you have done, of the power you have or the strength you have, the people that you know. It's going to be by his power that is at work in you. God is going to work on your behalf. And God wants me to give you the reassurance that he is always with you. So as we step through this journey, as you face this Goliath in front of you, as you face this you know jordan river in front of you as you face this challenge that may be in front of you it might be a goal that you set from the beginning of this year and it hasn't come to pass yet it might be you know the fact that you have some things that you have been told by the doctors or you something you've been to- told by by the lawyers or some things you've been told by the bankers or something you've been told by people in authority something you've been told by the taxman maybe you know god wants to do something in your life so that everyone that hears will know that God is with you. So that is the premise. As we go through this place, I want you to bear that in mind. God is getting ready to do something in your life. So that everyone that hears will know that God is with you. Praise God. Verse 8 says, You shall command the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. You see, God oftentimes gives us instruction that we may consider ridiculous at times. The question is, how does standing still in the Jordan create pathways in the Jordan? How is it possible that the just standing still in the Jordan generates enough power to cause the Jordan to split, to cause the Jordan to, to part. You know the story about Moses in the book of Exodus when they were about to cross the Red Sea? Moses only took up the rod or the staff and stretched it upon the river. And the Bible said, the wind began to blow. 
and the river parted. Here God said, go and stand in the Jordan. So, God did not ask us to do things that make sense. God asked us to believe him. God asked us to believe him. I read a story, I heard a story uh, uh, by one, one preacher one time when he said when he wanted to buy a house and he didn't have enough money for it and they were sort of going through it and God told him and said go and ask your wife to go and point to the house that she wanted and they went to this posh neighborhood and they saw the house and they pointed there and said this house I want you you know they, I think they sort of lay hands on it and they quickly ran out of that place and then anytime they had the thought come to their mind God told them and said I did not ask you to pay for it I ask you to believe for it I ask you to believe for it you know we are called believers it means God wants us to demonstrate the fact that we are believers God wants us to believe him for the impossible God did not ask us to pay for it or to make sense out of it God asked us to believe for it I'm going to give you two examples at this point in time to drive home this point. You see, there's a story about a man called Naaman. Naaman uh, in the book of, I believe in the book of 2 Kings. Yeah. So Naaman here uh, was a man who uh, was uh, a general in the army of a man named King Haram. He was a great man, but uh, Naaman had a problem. Naaman was leprous. Leprosy, you can consider leprosy as a, uh, what they call it, you see, skin disorder or a, maybe a degenerative disease, some sort of things that are, is in, incurable, it's on your skin, um, you know, you have whitish scars all over the place. Essentially, that person doesn't look good when the person is um, actually going about town. Um, a person who's got leprosy actually becomes a pariah, somebody that is sort of ostracized from society because this thing is in people's face right now. Imagine this man as a general of the army, top-notch, top dog, you know, but he's got this disease. So this thing bothered him so much because he couldn't find a solution. And then he sent, they, they eventually sent him to uh, this man called Elisha. And Elisha here, when Naaman came to Elisha, Elisha did not even go out to meet with him. You just imagine some dignitary come to your house uh, and you didn't even come out. You know, just say, look, you just send your servant, say, go tell him to do so and so. And that's exactly what Elisha did. So Naaman was so upset. What did Elisha do? Elisha says to Naaman, Naaman, go into this river and wash there for seven times and you could get a good skin back. Let's read the text. All right. The Bible says, But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure of my and, and cure me of my leprosy, and not Abana and Fafa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, will you not have done it? How much more than when he, he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down. Essentially, he swallowed his pride. He went down, verse 14. 
and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. So this is a story where Elisha could have laid hands on, him, on Naaman and he would get healed. But God said, just go and wash in the river. Ridiculous instruction. Especially to the Kodikana mind. Ridiculous instruction. God will ask you to do ridiculous things as he takes, takes you through this, this pathway. Go to the Jordan. Don't despise the instruction. Don't say it doesn't make any sense. Do them. Remember what I always say. Your breakthrough is on the other side of your obedience. Just obey what you've been told. Breakthrough shows up. Praise God. I remember a story in my own personal life as well. You know, when God helped me to be debt free. You know, for many years, I had this debt. I've been paying them, paying them and paying them. But, you know, at times, you know, um, there was something I had a whole overdraft. My wife tells me, let's pay this off. I said, no, no. I got deluded into thinking uh, if I have 8,000, 10,000, 15,000 overdraft, that is my money. You know, I just like to have that, that, that money in there. But my account was constantly in overdraft. And one day God told me and said, my best for you is not to live in debt. My best for you is not to live in debt. So the first thing that God did was challenge my way of thinking. God challenged my way of thinking and said, no, you can't, you can't, you, 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 my best for you is not to live in debt. debt. I want you to be debt free. Can you believe me to be debt free? So I started studying about wealth, about money, about, you know, God's way of dealing in transactions. And God gave me an instruction and said, I can't go into too much detail around what happened there, but God gave me an instruction and said, list out all the people that you owe and write out the check to them. Pray over the check, put them in your Bible. And that's what I did. In four months, every single check, every single check got paid off. Within four months, got paid off. And that's how I became debt free. Now, listen to me carefully. That instruction was an instruction for me. When you are going through your own Jordan, God will give you an instruction. The book of Isaiah, Chapter 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the fruit of the land. In the Passion Translation, it says, If you have a willing heart to let me help you, and if you obey me, you will feast on the blessings of an abundant harvest. You see, this is a blessing, this is a beautiful thing. God says, If you have a willing heart to let me help you. Question, brothers and sisters, will you let God help you in the situation where you are, where you are right now? Will you allow God to help you? God wants to help you. God is my helper. God is your helper. Will you allow him to help you? You know, there's a song that says, I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. Where will my help come from? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God wants to help you. Question. Will you allow him to help you? And how do you allow God to help you? Obey what he says. He gives you an instruction in the situation. Obey. The instruction God will give you will not make sense. Will not make sense. God did not ask you to make sense of what he says. He asked you to believe for it. Praise God forevermore. All right. So what is the lesson that we got from it? Lesson one here is God gives ridiculous instructions that lead to breakthroughs. In whatever your situation that you may find yourself, seek God's wisdom in the matter 
and allow yourself to be teachable. Praise God. Now, let's go back to the story of the Jordan. In verse 10, I go back to verse 10 now. The Bible says, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he, he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanite, the Etite, the Evite, the Perisite, the Gagashite, the Amorite, and the Jebusite. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing ahead of you, leading the way into the Jordan. So now take for yourselves. 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from each tribe. When the soles of the feet feast of the priest will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the, of the earth, come to rest, come to rest. When the feet rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing down from above will be cut off and they will stand in one mass of water. Here, what did Joshua do and what can we learn from it? Joshua reiterated God's instruction and what the people are to expect. Why is this important? Listen, why you are following God's instruction in the middle of the challenge or in the middle of the mess you may find yourself, it is absolutely important to remind yourself over and over and over again what God has said. You know, when God told me to write those checks in the first month nothing happened i had to open my bible look at the check and say god has made a promise is what god asked me to do it is coming you know why is that important well it's important to paint in your mind in your own mind the picture of the future that god has promised you why is this because imagination is the womb of creation you see what you imagined and what you stay focused on will eventually manifest in your life. When you wake up in the morning, hold on to the image. When you are about to sleep at night, hold on to the image. Let me tell you a story, a short story about the power of imagination. You see, many years ago, some men and women came together to make a name for themselves. But their intention for fame was to exclude God completely. So God came down and confused their language so much so that they abandoned their little project. But let me tell you what God said that I, I will never forget. This word I'm about to share with you are things that, that, that I remember over and over again. You see, in, in Genesis chapter 11 verse 6 in the KJV, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. They are united and they speak common, common language. And this they begin to do, which means, you know, there's unity and the, the words that they speak align. This they begin to do, this unity and common language they begin to do. And God says, and now, because they are united, because what they say out of their mouth and what their unity is congruent, the Bible says, now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. God himself said that nothing will be restrained means to be limited restraint means to be taken away god said nothing will be restrained from them that they have imagined to do the question here is what have you imagined to do what have you imagined to do if you take this instruction and apply it to yourself god says to tell you nothing that you have imagined to do will be impossible to you that is what god says that's what God says. Now the challenge is, if you fill your mind with imagination of bad things happening, guess what? That's what you're going to get. So what you imagine constantly is what you produce in your life. So right now, 
where you are. What are you imagining? Are you imagining sickness instead of health? Poverty instead of wealth? Anxiety instead of boldness? Sadness instead of happiness? The question is you have to choose what you, are, what you have to think on and what you are imagining all of the time. How do you do this? I want to give you a first step of how to build the right imagination. What you must do, maybe after this service or maybe later at any point in time, find a quiet place and regulate your breathing. Breathe in, breathe out. Why do we say people should breathe before they meditate? Because it helps to calm your nerves and it also slows down the, the rate of frequency of the way the cells in your brains are moving. Essentially, it slows that them down so that you can be calmer. Because the person who is anxious actually has a very high rate of, um, of thought going through his or her brain. So when you breathe in, breathe out when you do that you are slowing down the, the fastness of your brain okay so get into a quiet place engage in the breathing exercise breathe in breathe out right now as you do that see sense the way your body begins to feel all right now once you are relaxed picture yourself now in your mind's eye sitting in a cinema watching a motion picture of a beautiful movie you think of a movie that you love so much a, a, a movie that brings that evokes joy in you that makes you happy to see yourself watching that movie in your mind's eye now as you watch the movie see how you feel monitor how you feel right there and then all right number three what i want you to do now is radical i want you to step into the picture step into that movie that you are playing now you're in the movie now it's no longer something that you're watching sitting from afar you are actually in the movie now as you are in the movie engage in that movie engage inside see yourself doing the things that possibly your 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 main hero in that movie or heroine in that movie is doing see yourself doing that now here's the thing as you are acting that out that is the kind of joy you want that's the kind of life you want right continue to see how this is making you feel this picture that you are now painting seeing yourself in the future that you desire you know see that as the future that you desire you want a good life you want a, you want a car you want a house you want a wife you want a husband uh, you want a you want children you want to live in happiness you want to be fear free in the movie that you are playing in your mind's eye now that you are a part of you're not you're not you're not you're not a, you're not a guest you know, guess watch you are actually the lead actor now in this movie that you're playing your mind see yourself enjoy those things already that you are imagining now as you do this continue to check how you feel if you do this carefully the imagination your imagination is being retuned and is creating positive emotions in your body now what you must do right now is quite profound begin at this point in time while you are in the movie while you are enjoying it begin to say silently words that affirm what you are experiencing for example if you want if you're trusting god to be healthy say just say i am perfectly healthy because right now in the movie you see yourself do things that normally right now you couldn't do maybe because you got sickness but now you see yourself do things that you couldn't do for example you 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 might see yourself you know um you know playing golf you might see yourself playing ball you might play, so do things that you can't do because of physical physical ailments now you can do those things right you know so you see yourself enjoying those things then make the affirmation right there where you are say i am healthy god loves me and i deserve this life you know something like that 
you know i enjoy this life now what you are doing there is you are rewiring your mind you are repainting a new picture in your mind so that you can you can begin to change that picture you see if you do this this for 30 days you do this early in the morning or late at night do it over and over for 30 days you are already on your way or on your pathway to victory because you are learning to renew your mind you are ready to paint a new picture in your mind there's a saying that i say all the time i i say you cannot feature in the future that you have not imagined what am, what do i mean by that you cannot be you cannot act in the future you cannot find yourself living in the future that you have not imagined you cannot feature in the future that you have not imagined so this process helps you to paint pictures of what your tomorrow could be praise god so lesson two that we got out of this message so far is why you are going through to get to the jordan why you you have this giant moment in front of you why you have this uh this moment that seemed like oh man this might not work god wants you to do something god wants to reiterate what god has told you over and over and over in your mind rehash his promises over and over in your mind to help you build a picture of success in your mind remember you become what you behold you become what you build what that means is what you constantly look at whether in your physical eyes or in your mind is what you eventually become you become what you behold and the strongest voice in the world is your own voice telling you you can or you cannot do something that you have imagined so i want you to be your own encourager right in the middle of the challenge praise god forevermore all right i got about 10 minutes i'm i'm getting to the meat of the of the message now which is the last part let's go to verses 14 to verses 17 the bible says so when the people set out from their tent to cross the jordan with the priests who were carrying the ark of the covenant before the people and when those who were carrying the ark of the covenant you know came up to the jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the ark were submerged at the edge of the water for the jordan overflows all of its banks throughout the time of winter of harvest the waters which were flowing down from above stopped and rose up stopped and rose up stopped and then rose up in one mass at a great distance away at adam the city that is beside saratan those waters flowing downward towards the sea of the araba were completely cut off so the people crossed the river opposite jericho so they crossed the river opposite the city of jericho verse 17 and while all the people of israel crossed over on dry ground the priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the law stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the jordan's riverbed until all the nation had finished across crossing over the jordan all right before you can understand this miracle let me explain to you from research how the jordan was set up here so you see you should see a picture on the screen of the layout of the land you can see adam the city of adam is on the north side and the dead sea is on the south side and there's this what this river jordan connects the to the two places you have adam and the dead sea so you have the river jordan that's the blue line that connects these two uh, cities or these two locations right you can see right in the middle of the distance between adam and and the dead sea you have the crossing site where the children of israel were actually um gathered all right to cross the jordan 
and towards the back of the crossing site is a place called Shittim. If you remember in Joshua chapter 3, the Bible says they camped at Shittim and they moved. All right, so which means they moved from Shittim and they moved closer to the crossing site now. Well, at the crossing site, when God said, Now nah, cross the Jordan, there's a problem. The Jordan overflowed this bank, nobody can cross the Jordan, right? So, what are they going to do? They need a miracle. You might need a miracle right now. And God has sent me to you to tell you the miracle you've been waiting for is just right there for you to take if you will listen to the instruction and follow what God has told you. Look, look, when I look at the ge geographical layout of the land, from that Adam to the crossing of the Jordan site, the body of water that will have accumulated will have been about 20 miles long. So you have, you, you, should, you see another slide on the screen that shows you the length of the distance between the crossing of the, the crossing site and Adam, about 32 kilometers of water. And this, the, the, the width of the Jordan was about 3.2 kilometers or two miles. And at the point where they're crossing the Jordan is about 120 feet. That's about 37 meter high. Now, let me show you something here. You see that 120 feet is almost as tall as a Chicago water tower. You should see a picture that shows you the Chicago, Chicago water tower. That's how, how tall the water was from that point where they were about to cross. All right. Now, imagine, in order to appreciate it, I want to imagine that you're on a roller coaster that is that tall. You know, that's that tall. That, now, this roller coaster that's this tall is a body of water. Imagine you are walking on the ground and you have this body of water on your side that's as tall as a roller coaster. I know those ones that go up in the sky. Exactly. How scary could that be? That's exactly what God did. God literally stopped that water. When they rested their feet in the water, God stopped the water and back it up. Stop the water and back it up. But God did not just back it up. They go back it up all the way to Adam. Now, the city of Adam as we've seen there is how many miles like i said earlier is about 22 kilometers away you know that's like um driving for about 20 minutes or 25 minutes drive think about whatever you have to drive for 25 minutes or whatever you have to walk for six or seven hours that's how far god back up the water now now let me tell you what god taught, taught me that really blessed me you see god asked them to step their feet in the jordan but God backed up the water up onto Adam. Why did God not back up the water for just one kilometer? Because if God did the mass of water coming up onto that point, if God had only backed up the water for a, for a kilometer or for two kilometers, the water would have flooded the, all of the countries around that place and they would have been flooded and lives would have been lost. So God backed up the water to the point where it could be backed up for the safety of everybody around that place and for his people to still be able to cross the Jordan. Then God told me something this morning that really blessed me. God said, before the need arises in your life, Makatabo Shandaya, I have prepared a way, way up, back up unto Adam. So what this means is this. If you're looking for a job, you're looking for a wife, you're looking for a husband, you want to pass your result, you want to do whatever it is that you believe in God for. God asked me to tell you, be still and know that I am the Lord. Psalm 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am the Lord. That before those needs that you are crying about 
arose in your life god already provided answer way before you know what this means it means that you are not never ever required to panic and run around in life as if you don't know what's going to happen because before a problem arises in your life your father has made a solution available listen to me people of god the supply of god precedes the needs the supply of god in your life precedes the need you have oh yes the the healing of god precedes the sickness yes the provision of god precedes the lack yes i'm saying to you what you have what you need what you require right now you already have answers to those things before those things show up in your life praise god forevermore as they are stepping into the water god has determined how far the water will back up in order to sustain the force of the flowing water if that river had backed up just a few kilometers the flooding may destroy the neighboring cities but god determined how far the river has to back up without affecting other lives and still be able to get his children to express the miracle he has in store for them here is the crux of the message as i begin to round up stepping and resting in the water is a type of resting in the promises of God for your life. What has the Father promised you? Rest in that. Speak about it. Talk about it. Listen, it is the, the best time to talk about it is when it doesn't look like it. You know, it was, it's not when you, you, when you won the Grammy Award or when you won the Dove Award that you should be talking about it. You should be talking about it when it doesn't look like much. One day, the other day, God was telling me something that is quite beautiful. God said to me, and I might, I might preach that next week actually. God said to me, dig your trenches in the valley what does that mean it means while you are in the valley when it doesn't look like your life is going to amount to nothing begin to dig your trenches expect the miracle expect things to turn out for you begin to put in the works when it doesn't look like much god is sending me to tell you believe for better believe for greater right there when it doesn't look like much that is how to incubate a miracle it will believe for more when it doesn't look like it. But how, how, how would that happen? That requires an act of faith, doesn't it? Of course, it requires for you to look at things from the eyes of faith. The other day, the Lord was teaching me something about faith. God said to me, if you find yourself in a barren land, all you can see is barrenness with your physical eyes. But God said to me, do you know there is an alternate universe? There's an alternate universe where you are right now, where there's so much abundance, where there's lushness in the grass. And God said, but what do you require to see it? You need to put on faith glasses. When you put on your faith glasses, you can see beyond where you are. God does not want you to relate to him based on physical realities. God wants you to relate to him based on spiritual realities. But what are spiritual realities? Spiritual realities actually it's nothing more than the word of God. What God has said about you is true regardless of your feeling. What God has declared over your life is true regardless of your feeling. What God has said will come to pass in your life, will come to pass in your life regardless of your feeling. God did not ask you to relate to him based on feelings. God asked you to relate to him based on what his word said. Praise God forevermore. That blessed me so much. That blessed him so much. Listen to me, people of God. As you rest in God's promises, know this, that God has solutions to the problem you face before the problem shows up. And if there's a solution to the problem, then I don't have to worry. It means I am fighting in the battle that's already won in my favor. People of God, when you face a crossing the Jordan River situation in your life, I want you to know that there is victory on the other side. Remember that God is at work in you and God is at work for you. 
Remind yourself that the solution precedes the problem, the supply precedes the need. Then face the situation head on, knowing that you and God working together can never fail. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 17 to 19 says, You may say to yourselves, These nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But God says that's not that's the wrong way of thinking. That's a failure-minded thinking. How are we am I gonna drive them out? God said, No, that's wrong thinking. God says, rather, do not be afraid of them, but remember. Remember what? Remember what the Lord has done. Remember what God did to Pharaoh and all of the, all, all of Egypt? You saw with your own eyes the great trials, the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and his outstretched arm, which which with which the Lord God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the people you, you now fear. God is saying to you, when you face a situation that is so scary and you're so afraid, God asks me to tell you, do not say in your heart, how am I going to solve this problem? Just remember instead, the God who brought you out in the past will bring you out again. The God who did it for you in the past will do it for you again. This and this actually yesterday I was talking to my wife about you know setting landmarks. I'm going to talk preach about that next week actually. You know God did some something miraculous for me and my family recently. We were looking for a house and God gave us a beautiful home, right? And I said to her, look, we need to form landmarks. We need to form milestones. We need to we need to put something on the ground, so, you know, or some sort of token that says that that will remind us of what God has done. Why do we need reminder? I will talk about that next week. The power of remembrance, the power of tokens, the power of putting landmarks in place to remind you of the goodness of God. Praise God forevermore. You know, if I were to paraphrase Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17 to 19, you know what I would say? For me, the way I'll read it is this. Don't say in your heart, it is too much for me. Wow! Don't say in your heart, it is too much for me. Don't say that picture that you are seeing your imagination oh this is too much for me god said don't say that don't say that don't say it's too much for me don't agree in your heart to defeat don't agree to defeat in your heart but rather remember how god has brought you through in the past will you spend a moment right now to just thank god for how he has brought you in the past will you spend a moment after this session go in your journal and write out one miracle that god has done for you this year if that is the only thing you remember just say, Father, thank you for what you did here. And the one that did that one for you, we do the one that you are believing him for. I'm so delighted that God is not a man that is so fickle. God will do for you far, far beyond what you have believed him for. The question is, will you believe? If you have if you have if you have been let down in the past and you thought, oh, maybe God has abandoned me, I'm saying to you that's a life of the pit of hell. God will never abandon you, God will never leave you alone. God loves you too much. There's a saying I say, and I want to reiterate it here for you as well. This is one thing I say. I say, I cannot be conquered because God is in me and no one can conquer God. You know what that means? <laughs> it means the only way for you to conquer me, you have to conquer God. And God is the unconquerable one. My God, Father, we just want to thank you for you are the unconquerable one. Praise God forevermore. Now, lesson three, the last lesson we got from this lesson is this. When you face a giant, or a Jericho wall situation, or you have to wade through your own Jordan, don't panic. Be still and know that God is with you. Never panic or react to the agenda of the enemy. Know that the greater one lives inside of you. That the one who lives in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Know and believe that you are already on the winning side. 
and victory is already yours. Remind yourself of how God has been good to you and how God will always be good to you. Most importantly, know that there is nothing you will face in your tomorrows that God has not already made a way of victory, a way of escape for you. Praise God, people of God. Let us just praise this wonderful Father. Let us just rejoice in this wonderful Father. You cannot be stranded because the anointing cannot be stranded. You see, it is possible for us to think of the victory of Jesus as if it does not include us. But make no mistake, when we do like that, when we think like that, we are disqualifying ourselves from the victory. The victory of Jesus is ours. If you are born again, I want you to know that you are already on that side that won. Not the side that win or the side that we win. You are already on the side that won. Christ already got the victory. We are already, we are already part of the victory parade. We have the victory song. We have the victory song. Question, can you hear it? Can you hear the victory song? Yes, in the morning, hear the victory song. At night when you are about to sleep, hear that victory song. Yes, you may face trials and tests, but don't be faced because the fight of faith is already won in your favor. Don't embrace the mindset that you have to go through the valley and then the mountain and then the valley. <laughs> no, people of God, I say this all the time. You are moving from one mountain top to another. You see, when you are on this mountain top and you are trying to move to another, it might look like this mountain top is a valley, but it's not. You are moving from one mountain top to another. In your challenges, in your trials, see a God who is standing with you on that mountain as you scale that mountain to the next one and the next one and the next one. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror, my friend. You are more than a conqueror, my, 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 my brother, my sister. You are more than a conqueror, beloved child of God. You are a victor. You are not a victim. I want you to shout your way to victory. When you wake up in the morning, say, Yeah! Hallelujah! I'm on the victory side. That is the victory song. The victory song we have is Hallelujah. Praise be to Yahweh. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 says, God always makes his grace visible in Christ. Christ includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Look at the word used. Endless triumph. You will never get to the end of where you stop triumphing. You will always continue to triumph until the last day you leave this planet. Endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, as we yield our lives to Jesus, God spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of himself everywhere that we go. The believer's battle is never to get the victory. No. Our battle really is to align our minds with God's mind. Our thoughts with his thoughts. Our words with his words. So that we can walk in the victory that Christ already purchased for us. We are to agree with the finished work of Jesus. You know, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together? I said they be agreed. That's exactly what he's saying. Agree with what God said. Say what God says. Think what God thinks. Believe what God has done. So, as you, as you round up, I want you to remind yourself today that you are already forgiven, approved, loved, chosen, and seated together with Christ. 
that is the reality that will never change to reign in life you must believe this you must remember you know Deuteronomy chapter 7 chapter 7 17 to 19 says don't say in your heart how am i going to, how am i going to dispossess them but remember what god has done all you have to do all we are saying all the time remember what you have remember what Jesus Christ has done and take your place take your place people of God take your place wonderful child of God you already have the victory overcome the challenge ahead of you from the point of victory remember we are not praying to get a victory we are praying from victory we stand in the place of victory and we make declaration. So when you have sickness in your body, come from the place that you are already healed and you are trying to lay claim on it. You know what I mean? You are already healed. You are not the sick trying to get healing. No, you are already the healed that the enemy is trying to chance. So you are coming from the place of healing. If you need money, see yourself as already rich in money. You already rich. You are not begging and begging and scrunching through life. No, you are beg. You are you are already rich. You are reaching out to take possession of what belongs to you. That is what it means to pray from victory, and not to pray to victory. Praise God forevermore. We are not seeking for victory. We are already victorious in Christ. As we round up, here is the affirmation that I would like you to take away. Say with me, when I face a challenging situation, I choose to remember that the greater one lives in me. He will put me over. He will make me victorious. I have the victory song. I will be still and know that he is my God. I am always victorious in Jesus Praise God forevermore. Let us pray. Wonderful Father, I thank you for your word. Go now this morning, O Lord, to bless your people. Take the words that have been shared this morning. Let these words be mixed with faith in them that have heard it. And let it go out of this place, O Lord. Not be afraid, knowing fully well, O God, that they've got your backing. Thank you, Almighty God, that as you step into a new month starting from tomorrow, these ones will begin to sing the victory song. They will begin to experience victories in their lives like they've never experienced before. Help them to do the exercises that we've asked them to do. That they will take charge of their imagination. And next time we speak, oh Lord, there will be good news upon good news. And your name alone will be glorified in their lives. Thank you, wonderful Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. All right. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out there until the end of the service. Uh, you will now listen to some announcement as a roundup. Remember, if you want to give to the ministry, you will see a link on the, on the screen for you to give. Uh, we are working on our charity uh, status, which is going to be coming up soon. Uh, our Canada is working on that. So please, please remember soon we're going to be giving you a charity number so you can claim back uh, your money from, from, from the charity commission. Again, I want to say thank you very much for everyone who has been given. The Lord bless your giving. The Lord promote, promote you and, and bless you. And for those of you who are you know, looking forward to new things happening in your life, I pray for you that this week will be an awesome week. This month will be an awesome one for you. Uh, please remember that we have um, communion service next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. You know, and I'm looking forward to meeting you again next Sunday. God bless you. You are blessed and highly favored. I'll speak to you soon. Shalom. Thank you for staying with us. We hope you've been blessed as much as we have. You can watch the replays of today's service at 10 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and podcast. You can go through our YouTube channel for more content. 
You can also subscribe to our podcast on www.thelighthouse.org slash podcast. Our Sunday services commence every Sunday at 8 a.m. UK time. Our midweek service is at 6 p.m. every Wednesday. We look forward to you joining us. Until next time, please study and meditate on the word and may God bless you. Try